What's going on, good people? What's going on? Here we are, 2022. We are here January the 3rd. And today will be the first day I will be writing or typing 2022 down. Um, You know what I'm saying? Here on, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, during the weekend and stuff like that. It's just like, wow, we're 2022. But I'm like, I'm, I'm chilling. Now we are at the beginning of the week. It's Monday. It's when the busy stuff gets going on. Busy stuff, you know, saying you get that done and you can go and do the fun stuff as we get to the weekend, get close to the weekend, we get close to the last week of the NFL season. We've had a tremendous, dramatic, tumultuous, I mean, it, it, I mean, it's a lot of words I can use, um, I would say, from August to now, and the reason why I say like August to now because you know college football starting up, NFL starting up, everybody's back with the stadiums being full. People can go to games. I finally got to go to my first NFL football game. Got to go to my third uh, college football game um, this season, and um, it, it it's you know uh, one of those things where it was like good to 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 be around. You know what I'm saying? Fanatical people. And, you know, I've been to wrestling events. I've been to NBA. I've been to NFL. I've been to Major League Baseball events. And you can feel the, inter- the energy, you know what I'm saying, kind of heightened a little bit with the break of COVID and stuff. And now we got Omicron and the, the new variant. And this, you know, might be heading us into a whole new shutdown starting up 2022, just like how the shutdown did through 2020 and a good part of 2021. Man, you know, it, it makes you think to where it's like, man, we have to go back to like a bubble, you know, like the, the playoff, you know, glad that those games got to go off, but the, the freaking, the bylaws and like restrictions and all that stuff like that was looking real dicey. If a team was getting in trouble with, uh, with the COVID situation, then you got, uh, basketball, getting the 10-day contract, you know what I'm saying, Christmas gifts out to players that we haven't seen since their college days, um, which that could be, from, you know, ranging from, you know, different people, uh, even even like a guy named IT who had a good NBA uh, burst but lost it after injury. So you had things go in the favor of, like, people that maybe been sitting on the couch and was able to go out there and show what they got. So, you know, COVID, you know, can bring – opportunity to certain people and then it can bring you know tragedy and and misfortune to others so i I hate that you know i hate that you know you 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 know you see a kid what was that kid's name that that went off for like 30 points and you know say we wouldn't have seen that kid if it went for these covid things because injury doesn't happen in the sense to where teams are depleted like that to where you have to go give out these 10-day contracts and then, you know, a kid gets a chance. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of crazy. On Christmas Day, we're seeing teams play, and they got players that we've never heard before, but they, you know, having some good moments because they're young, spryful players that's wanting to stay in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? So that that was that was pretty that was pretty big. You know, the big, 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 big story, you know, everybody want to talk about, and I'm gonna to get to later. I'm a Buccaneer fan, and I'm really not in a hurry to get to that situation. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of interesting stories, you know, saying uh, that in all sports that may involve some type of uh, attitude 
uh, or some type of, you know, storm off or something like that. Um, you know, we've had in the past few weeks, we've had a couple NFC West teams, you know, a couple teammates get into it. We've had NBA uh, instances like uh, Kevin Porter Jr. or, you know, saying getting into it with a coach, uh, uh, John Lucas, walking off the court at halftime. We've had situations like, what was it? What was the kid's name uh, that that got it? That that uh, had a had an issue with, uh, and it was college football. I cannot think of it. But to my point, I even saw a video yesterday morning to where like somebody left a restaurant job. I mean, through every hot plate that that was supposed to be served to his restaurant all over the floor, and he walked out and left. It just seemed like people are just doing stuff. For shock value. And and it's just getting out of hand. You know, just too much shock value, too much like pop of I'm gonna pop off and I'm gonna and I'm gonna you know I'm gonna do something. You know what I'm saying? It's too much of that. And now we got Antonio Brown, who this you know, who who came to the Buccaneers. I think it was the whole origin of the thing, came to the Buccaneers on Tom Brady's vouch, um, just like in New England. It worked out. We won a Super Bowl. We come into this season. We got all our stuff with COVID and all that stuff like that. Those mandates and stuff come out. He comes in training camp with a fake vaccine card. We don't know nothing about that yet. Don't know nothing about that. Get through training camp. He comes out there. He is fine. I'm not hearing nothing about AB. Nothing. Only thing the dramatic is going on with the Tampa Buccaneers is injury. Everything else is fine. Then comes the fake vaccine card after not paying the chef a measly $10,000. He airs his, airs his business out about the fake vaccine card. Then he gets suspended three games. Now we're talking about, he's, you know, is he going to get cut? He was already injured. So, I mean, we got injury, COVID, fake COVID card, and, and, and a possible release. And we need Antonio Brown. So, then what happens? Bruce Arians has a moment of winning, change, and heart. We need a win, and I'm going to have a change of heart. So I'm going to tell A.B., this is, damn it, look here. We're going to keep you on because this ain't throwing a bag of dicks at cops. You know what I'm saying? I, I guess this ain't nothing that involves any harassment of women. Okay. But you were having a fake vaccine card. And you was going to try to go all season without getting the vaccine, but you thought you thought differently and got the vaccine, but you still got popped for the fake vaccine card. Once you realized that, hey, you won't get popped for it, you went and got the vaccine. So I will say you went and did that. But Bruce Arians went in and gave him another chance to keep him on the team, brought him back. He had a big game. You know, glad to have him back, like 10 catches. You know, good good game. 80, 90 some yards, something like that. I don't think he scored a touchdown. So here we are coming up on this game against the Jets. He's already missed, you know, saying four games. I want to say four or five games. He's getting to that point of health. He re-injured his ankle uh, at practice, I think it was Tuesday. Tuesday or Wednesday. So we're going to just try to tape, take it slow and not try to, you know, go too wild on, on A.B., and I felt like playing the Jets, we were kind of sandbagging a little bit. I mean, like, just be real. I mean, we're not going to sit there and try to go all in all against the Jets. We want to win the game for placement in the playoffs, but we're not trying to show everything. We're not trying to hurt people. 
We got people trying to get back. We had some players on the secondary to get activated. Some, uh, we had Mike Evans get activated. So we had Mike Evans. We had Tony Brown. We had, you know, Gronk was out there. We know Lynn Fournette. We got Le'Veon Bell out there, Ronald Jones. And A.B. catches a nice 20-yard catch, you know what I'm saying? Hell of a route. Destroyed. I think that was with Marcus May. I don't know if it was Marcus May or not. But destroyed, my boy. Catches the ball. He does his little A.B. thing. I'm like, okay, I got on the Red Zone channel. You know, I'm on the Red Zone channel watching different stuff. But I see that play. I'm like, let's go, A.B. Lo and behold, the gentleman, the host from the Red Zone channel comes up and goes, oh, man, A.B. Takes off his shoulder pads. Takes off his shirt. Throws his gloves. And, and then we're showing this replay, and I'm going, what the, what happened? What's going on? I'm just total shocked, confused, don't know what is going on. I'm like, why is Antonio Brown, who I'm just now seeing get back into the fold of things, looking like he's having a moment? Because this didn't seem like no, something like, oh, man, this is cool, A.B., you know what I'm saying, giving his gloves to some fans out there. Or no, no, this is A.B.'s having an A.B. moment. Still really nothing clearly out there yet, but my my clear speculation, taking it that A.B. has some, you know, up to about maybe about $800,000, maybe a million dollars in incentives in the last two weeks to get some catches, some touchdowns, some yards. And it seemed like maybe two things. I don't think that the Buccaneers was just outright like, all right, A.B., we're going to sit you down now because Tom was still out there. Mike Evans still playing. I think A.B. maybe have made a comment or said something about getting the ball. Could be past that point to where he maybe stopped taking his medicine. Um, a gentleman that's going to come on my show um, later this week, uh, John Overstreet, he's been on my show before. Um, like I said, I'm blessed to have many guests to come on my show. John Overstreet, Ace uh, from London, Sam Jones, Ish Witten. Um, you know, I've had uh, Vino bands. I've had uh, from Vino TV. Um, uh, 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 I've had uh, plenty of people. I've had plenty of people on it. I'm, I'm blessed to, that people would like to come on and talk with me, and I would like to have many more. But this gentleman, he, you know, like I said, we were on the same brainwave here to where we say that is it really CTE first off or is it something that, yeah, he may have developed CTE because he's playing football and we've all seen games like the Bengals games and some hits that he's taken. We don't know the hits he's taken at Pop Warner, um, high school and college. But there is something to say about bipolarness to where I don't think football creates bipolar. <laughs> I don't think football creates bipolar. I think AB's kind of had this, in, you know what I'm saying, and I think he's gotten help. Through his years, and I think that you know, like if anybody goes to get help, they kind of you know they waver a little bit. And I think if you look at the track record, AB was completely fine last year. Nothing, no problem, nothing said. Scores touchdown, go to the sideline, does a little celebration. He didn't do nothing. Locker room, no no lives. He ain't sitting there uh, trying to call out Tom Brady. He's not calling out Bruce Arians. He's not calling out Byron Leftwich. He is being cool with Mike Evans. He's cool with the team. He was sitting there. I remember it was a video clip of him over there sitting there just kicking it with Bray. Kicking it with uh, 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 Tristan Wirfs. You know, I've seen him look like, okay, 
And I think at some point he stopped taking his medicine and thinking, hey, I'm good. I'm getting signed to his extension. And Navy show's about to be back booming. And I don't think he has some people in his corner to be like, hey, B, I don't think that's a good idea. And I just think he went with it. And we see, we, now we see what happens. And he had Mike Evans come over there and try to keep him from taking off his shoulder pads and stuff. He had players over there trying to tell him to chill. That man was going to do what he wanted to do, man. And I just think with that came the line where they probably was like, well, your ass is done for today. And I think he was just like, all right, cool. I'm done. Then I'm done. I'm out. I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit on the bench. I'm not going to go in the locker room. I'm out. He wanted to leave the stadium. That man wanted out. He wanted to leave. He wanted to put himself separated. Vontae Davis did the same thing Buffalo Bills three seasons ago. He felt like, man, I can't play no more. You know, he felt like he went to the coach and was like, look, I'm, I suck. Like, I don't feel good. Like, I, I'm getting smoked. Like, I'm gone, bro. Like, he left at halftime. He went home. Antonio Brown smoked a corner. He had three catches. He was doing what A.B. does. And and it flipped. And he, he snapped. And now he's cut. Bruce Arians, no longer uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he says. And that's the end of that. A.B.'s gone. A week before the playoffs. Two weeks before the playoffs. But this extra week that we got to play now is now it's 17 games, 18 weeks. Now it's, you know, you you that whole 17 weeks, you ain't playing 17 games, you're playing 16 games. Now we got 17 weeks, you're playing 17 games. You got 18 weeks with the bye. Damn it. And the Bucks struggled because, like I said, it was a pure sandbag move, man. We were not trying to go all out against the Jets. We was going to win regardless. We knew how to beat them. We came down there and just beat them. They was playing on high and mighty. Zach Wilson had good moments, realizing that, hey, man, I was two years old when this man was a rookie. Two. Mm. A.B. Yeah, hope he gets help. Tom Brady, great what he said, because we all want to be the best of ourselves. We just hope that he can... Go get the help to be the best itself for his kids, his family, because football don't look like it's gonna be something that's something that uh, I went. I, if I was him, I wouldn't, even wanna, I wouldn't even wanna fool with it now. You know, just go get the help to be the best you for your kids and family, and maybe a, uh, something that can help you have some income. Just be all out, be real. Um, but a crazy, crazy Sunday though of football. But before we get to the football games, I wanted to say Cincinnati, you know, I'm talking about the Bearcats here. Going to the college football playoffs real quick here because I knew it was going to be an SEC-type situation. And I knew that we had to let Cincinnati in this playoff. You cannot sit there and say they deserve to be in this playoff when you look at how what happened to Michigan. It just happens to be two better SEC teams that has to meet up in a championship. It happens. Um, NCAA uh, uh, 14, they did a great job uh, making a game uh, uh, years back, uh, a game to where people still play to this day. And a team who did the uh, uh, NCAA revamped, it was a total mod of that game. 
keeps people still alive to play that game. And I swear to God, I mean, like, there's people 30, 40 years old that still play that. And because of the, the dynasty mode, the recruiting, the getting to the – to get to the, to the championship and stuff like that. And they've added a playoff tool with all of that. And I think one of the things that was talked about with a group of friends of mine is that we have an 18 playoff. And it's just like, man, it's like you got eight teams and still might be some blowouts in there. Is Do we really need 18 playoff, you know? But it's just funny. Here we are in a 14 playoff in real life. And then we had two blowouts. And now we got a decisive, you know, that we kind of already know in a full-blown, full-blown conclusion that what was going to be in the NAS championship is two SEC teams, Georgia and Alabama. So it begs the question to say, do we need an 18 playoff in real life? Do we need it? Is it is it something where you're like, man, we need this, you know, saying because you never know what could happen. Yeah, you never know. It could be an upset every once in a while then. But do we really need an 18 playoff? Or is it something that, that maybe just people just want? Because before the COVID and all the stuff like that, it, it was really something I heard being talked about. COVID being a popular, you know, popular topic, and then you got to worry about empty stadiums, now stadiums coming back. We're just glad to see the college football. But now people want to get back to talking about that just by adding more teams. Maybe, you know, that, that 7C could be better than the, maybe that team that may be better that just maybe – was undefeated like a Cincinnati, you know, who was undefeated to where like a team like a Utah could beat Cincinnati. Ohio State could beat a Cincinnati. You know what I'm saying? It, it just it makes you think a little bit. But Notre Dame lost. Uh, 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 Oklahoma won in a big way. Um, uh, who else was it? Some some bowl games out there. Oh, uh, West Virginia, man. I, I feel bad for West Virginia to go out there and let a defense play halfway decent throughout the game and not bring nothing on offense. Like, I just – it's just like, come on, man. Minnesota really did not uh, have a lot going on offense but a giant offensive lineman that they kept putting the camera on. But Dogie making a decision that he's leaving, I'm pretty sure it made a lot of West Virginia fans happy. <laughs> I tell you that. But, um, yeah, Marshall got beat. Um, yeah, Oklahoma murdered Oregon, which was a shootout type game. I kind of figured that was. Clemson beat Ohio, Iowa State. Um, Houston beats Auburn. Uh, Michigan State beats Pittsburgh, which I knew Pitt would lose that game. Pitt's not that good. Um, we <laughs> Miami beat Pitt. We should have beat Michigan State. I've seen weakness on a Miami fan, but Miami should have played a better game against Michigan State. I think they didn't play start playing better until probably around like week eight, week nine. But I think they could have beat a Michigan State team, honestly. Um, Wake Forest beats Rutgers. And then, of course, we have uh, Penn State losing Arkansas. Kentucky beating Iowa. Um, Oklahoma State, like I said, beat Notre Dame. And Baylor beats Ole Miss. Corral gets hurt. Didn't look good. I hate it for the kid. You know what I'm saying? I believe he's a junior too, man. I hate that. But we got January 10th. Which will be next week. We got Georgia Alabama. Roll tide. As Stephen A. Smith was saying. And we got, you know, saying that rematch, which that rematch hopefully is better than the first match. Because Jesus. All I can say is that I, I, I didn't watch too much of it after a certain point. <laughs> Let's just be real. But now let's talk about some NFL football. Because 
with this college football playoff coming to an end, we can, I mean, like, you it, it just you goes by Nick Saban's picture, you know what I'm saying, beside the trophy and everything. Like, he's been here, done this before, and he's going against a, play, a, a coach that he brought up. I mean, I'm I'm just going to go out and say that Alabama's going to win this game. And we're going to win this game. It's a complete intimidation factor over there. There's a couple good players that Georgia has over Alabama, but it's just not enough. And, you know, with Alabama losing Michi, I, I still think they got a player ready to go, you know, in, in his wake, and which they showed against Cincinnati. And Bryce Young is just a consummate professional, which the secondary of Cincinnati showed some, you know, some confusion there that made, you know, the, the young man, you know, say have some problems, but nothing he couldn't handle. Nothing he couldn't handle. But um, let's give a clap for the Tennessee Titans, man. 34-3 over a team that won seven straight, and they lost seven straight in the same season. But Tennessee lost Derrick Henry. They lost A.J. Brown. They lost AJ, uh, uh, Julio Jones. They lost players on that defensive side. They lost offensive linemen. They lost uh, LaJuan. I mean, they lost players that they need, and they still somehow, some way, Number one, their first place. In a division where it was so topsy-turvy, you're just like, man, like, what what in the world, you know what I'm saying, could, could you know, like, like Jesus, you know? It's one of those things where I look at Mike Vrabel and his toughness and where he come from of, you know, uh, uh, being behind Belichick and... Being that, you know, that linebacker that was going to be the one in the, in the classroom to soak all that in, ended up being a good coach. And you've seen it come to fruition to be and in these winter times, in these close games, you got to find ways to win no matter what. Is it using your star player or whatever? If you got to use your kicker, you know, saying if you got COVID issues, you're going to find a way to win. And the Tennessee Titans did that. And they're first place in AFC South and they're 11 and 5. And they're feeling good about it going into the playoffs, man. Because now they're getting Derrick Henry back. They're getting some of those players back. And they're starting to feel good. And a lot of people are sitting there saying that Derrick Henry is looking a lot better than he did um, before the injury. Injury. So, a lot of determination there. A lot of good health stuff. <laughs> it's modern technology, man. It's modern medicine and stuff. You know, it, it, I, 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 I mean, you got to pay tribute to that. Um. Atlanta Falcons, man, I thought for a second there they were going to have another game finishing with two points, but when you're playing the Buffalo Bills, that defense kind of bends a little bit, and they got 15, but Buffalo gets it done nonetheless, 29-15. to 15. A couple rushing touchdowns for Josh Allen. He didn't throw the ball that great. It's getting cold. Can he handle it? You know, can he can he do it now? You know what I'm saying? He, you know, there's a possibility how things can fold. Next week he could be playing Mac Jones. And that would be the trilogy of all trilogies in, the, in in one season right there. The Raiders beat the coach, which I didn't see that coming at all, um, 23-20. to 20. Derek Carr, another fourth-quarter win, another Derek Carr situation where he has nobody to throw to, no Waller, um, you know. And, and, and Carson Wentz, you know, he had the good play to T.Y. Hilton. You look like they're going to win the game. And then he gets to turn it over the ball and gives the Raider a chance. And the Raiders, you know, they get it one for John Madden, man. And I, that, they did that for Madden, you know. Boom! Um, L.A. Rams, uh, Ravens, that was a good football game. I thought Huntley was going to beat playoff staffers, they like to call him. He didn't look too much like a playoff kid in that first half. 
throwing some picks and stuff like that. And they got it rolling once, you know, they got it going. Ravens got back going. And it looked like the Ravens were going to win this game. But OBJ, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> OBJ, man, he was there ready to go. Uh, made some big plays down at the end. I don't know what they were doing with a freaking Statue of Liberty play. Uh, ah, Jesus, man. Like, uh, hook and ladder on me. They, that, uh, the hook and ladder was just, that was that was bizarre. Um, Denver Broncos uh, played against the Chargers, trying to go out there and get another win. Try. They could be 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, I looked at this game like they could win that game because the Chargers, they can go out there on the win and just lose. You know what I'm saying? They can just lose. They just throw a game away. I seen too many different quarterbacks come out for Denver to let me know that they was not going to win that game. Uh, you know, Herbert didn't have the uh, 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 a type of game that that you would. Herbert didn't have the type of game early on that you would sit there and say, "Oh man!" What? And then he turned into Herbert. Twenty-two of thirty-one, two thirty-seven, two touchdowns. Eckler, you know, saying, "I like Eckler. He's a good kid." Denver at some point just said, you know, we're 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 gonna we're gonna go and quit now. Uh then Drew Locke come in and gave him a little bit of pizzazz and spunk, made a couple plays that brought a little energy, and uh Court and Sutton made a juke out of this world. I, like I said, they scored a they scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter, but it wasn't nothing to think of. I mean, like it it was a bad game for that team. Bad game. Bad game. Um Bears, Giants Bears just killed the worst team in the NFL. I think I think it's the worst organization in the field, other than the Jacksonville Jaguars. You got the AFC and NFC side, and that's crazy that Tom Coughlin was on both of those teams at one point, and both of those teams were good at one point. Tom Coughlin had the Jaguars almost to a uh, AFC championship with Ramsey and those guys, and then he, you know ultimately had him a Super Bowl championship team with the Giants, and he had the Jaguars before that when he was there at a, at a, in the playoffs. So. Somebody cloned Tom Coughlin because you know you can't use the same guy. Speaking of which, you know, what I'm saying these guys they they stay around for so long and we try to use them up, man. Let them go out there live the life because you know, rest in peace, Dan Reeves, man. You know he lived a full life and you know he passed away. So rest in peace, Dan Reeves, Betty White too as well. And I already gave a shout out to John Madden, but yeah, I mean like. Tom Coughlin is not going to come and save the Jacksonville Jaguars. Neither was Urban Meyer. Um, but they definitely going to have to do something. They're going to have to do something. We're going to get to that, though. Um, Cardinals, Cowboys. Interesting game. I felt like it was kind of like the game of the week because this game had so much at stake, and it was teams that was, you know, a little bit on the healthier side. You know, no D-hop. Um, um, but you had Amari Cooper. You had Tyron Smith. You had Kyler Murray. You had A.J. Green. You had, you know, saying you had people that was ready to go. <sighs> what happened to the Cowboys' offense? The Cowboys' offense is so non-existent now. Like it just, they don't, they just pedal along. I don't know what it is. You can't just blame Zeke. You cannot blame Zeke Elliott. You can't just blame Dak. I don't know what it is. I mean, like, the, the offense is not surging. They're not moving the ball like they're saying. They're doing the same tight end screens and little screens. They had two screen plays. almost got picked off of peak sixes. I mean, I just don't know what it is, man. The, the, the offense is just not 
what it needs to be. The defense could not really sink their teeth in because Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury really had some things dialed up. They were faking them out with the little option joints, the little streaks of A.J. Green. I think Clement was a big game breaker. I thought, of course, Zach Ertz is a cowboy killer. He made big plays. They just had what they was going to do, but they just was like, hey, defense, just don't let them go crazy with these weapons. And, they, and you know, 22 points. 22 points. 22 points is all you can do on this defense. I feel like it's very vulnerable. I think anybody can hang up 30 or 40 on Arizona right now. I truly believe that. I believe that if, if they play the Green Bay Packers next week at week 18, they can hang 30 or 40 on Arizona. I think I'm lying. Yeah, they, boy, they beat them earlier this year. If I'm not mistaken. Arizona beat. No, uh, yeah, Arizona. Didn't Arizona beat? Uh, let me let me check it. I mean, let me, let me, let me. Could be wrong. Let me check that real quick. Let me make sure. Let me make sure I ain't talking crazy. Because I'm pretty sure that the Cardinals beat the Packers earlier this season. Or vice versa. Where am I? Am I tripping? Yo, they lost. Exactly. Green Bay beat. And they put up 24. I just think, like I said, Arizona's just not that good, man. Arizona's is not that good. Cowboys should have put up 30 to 40 points on Arizona to see if, if Arizona can shoot them out. You got to shoot them out to see if Arizona's going to sit there and gun. But no D-Hop, I don't think they could have did it. Just horrible possession. I mean, that's what I'm looking at. It's like it's not so much that it's – I hate to say it, but people jumped on Mike McCarthy all this season. But Kellen Moore, what plays are you calling? Kellen Moore, I'm asking you, what plays are you calling? Horrible. It's horrible plays. It's just horrible plays. It's just horrible. Saints-Panthers was a horrible game to watch. Ah, man, I can't believe they, the, 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 the amount of footage of that game <laughs> was showed on TV. But Carolina and Saints was just one of those games. Like, Cam Newton got subbed in on a freaking option right, hurt his hand. He was pissed off. Sam Darnold, you know what I'm saying? He had a couple good throws here and there. I mean, like, Chuba Hubbard is good running back. You got to see some good things from Alvin Kamara. I always like to see him run and play good. Uh, but, you know, Cam Jordan is really, like, the best – was the best player on the field on that, on the, on, in that game yesterday. Cam Jordan is a freaking problem. And he's one of the best defensive ends in the league. And and if they make it to the playoffs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got to see them first off, man, I'm just going to not watch. I'm just going to be pissed. But, I mean, I, I, if they get in the playoffs, man, they could be a problem if they can just have a legible quarterback effort. If they can just have some good effort from quarterback, maybe some busted plays from Taysom Hill or something like that, they can score some points with Alvin Kamara, do some things there with, you know, how they can do. But that defense, man, they, they scare me. That defense is scary. I mean, they are scary. I mean, the Saints defense just play a different type of tough. They hit hard. They hit you. They just like they got Bounty Gate over there out there again. But I don't see Jim Haslam nowhere. Tennessee and I mean, Tennessee Dolphins, Jaguars and Patriots. This was a college football game, man. And I hate to say it, you had two rookie quarterbacks. One was drafted first, and the other was drafted 16. The first pick didn't have 50. I tell you that. And his name is Trevor Lawrence. But I will say this about Trevor Lawrence. This is a mulligan year, man. This has to be a mulligan year. I mean, uh, the word to where next year we have to really say, hey, we're not going to hold this one against him. We give him the benefit of the doubt and say next year, hopefully they will get a, a, a competent front office. It will be coach, 
general manager, whatever they do, make competent of it. You know what I'm saying? You let Tim Tebow walk in the door and try to play tight end. You sit there and then let the head coach sit there and ride a team plane, let him go and get freaking lap danced on for 30 seconds. Then next thing you know, he's sitting there and kicked the kicker we didn't know nothing about. And he's sitting there uh, yelling at players and getting in arguments with players that is riding a bitch. Instead of trying to teach Trevor Lawrence how to play quarterback in the NFL and how to be good and be prepared and be ready and have some good game plans and shoot there and win some games. Because the talent is not that bad. Josh Allen, the linebacker, I mean, you got uh, uh, Bouye, you got guys that can be good, but just no wide receiver help. And that's where Trevor Lawrence is going to get that benefit of a doubt because really they have nobody to throw to. I mean, those guys you can sit there and say, oh, they got a chart. Oh, that is, ain't no shit. Where's D.D. Westbrook from crying out loud? Nowhere to be found. Anyway, next game. Um, <laughs> Eagles watching the football team. You know, this was something that, you know, I guess the team fan, not, you know what I'm saying, the team fans can watch. You know, it's one of the universal games. Just be like, oh, man, unless you want to see Jalen Hurts, you know, he's starting to, you know. I think what Jalen Hurts is, is like, hey, don't be afraid to run, you know. You, you, your team is going to excel if you run. Now, that this year, he's ran more. Singletary got the ball more. They've had one of the leading rushing teams in the NFL. You put some other things together, they can be a really good team. So there's something to build on right there. Jalen Hurts not being afraid to get out of there and get rid of it. And, and, you know what I'm saying? and not being afraid to run, and he can slide with the best of them. That man slides so gracefully, man. I saw Joe Burrow slide. I thought he was going to break his damn leg. He saw Jalen Hurts slide. He can slide. That was a slide. Callum Murray can slide. You know, there's some people that just got off at it. Um, Tyler Henneke, who can slide, but just sometimes can't throw. Once again, just throwing them too high, man. And, you know, it, that throw is just something where you just you, you just don't need it, man. You just don't need it. You just don't need it, man. Just go and hang on to it, wait to the next play. Um, or try to make a, a better, accurate throw because that one right there was just totally off the mark. And then they go down 20 to nothing. Speaking off the mark, um, Jalen Hurts walking through the tunnel and uh, side tunnel goes down. Luckily, he got quick cat-like reflexes. He didn't get in the scrum of that. And hopefully nobody was majorly injured in that collapsing of that side railing because that shit looks scary. I mean, I ain't even going front. Um, another, another game to talk about with another opportunity for a young quarterback was uh, Trey Lance. He got the chance to go against uh, Austin Mills, another young rookie quarterback. A lot of young quarterbacks got a chance. When Young Ripon got a chance for the Broncos, what was it? Uh, uh, Justin Fields, then you had uh, Huntley, then you had um, Mac Jones, you had Trevor Lawrence. And uh, uh, there was a kid for the Detroit Lions I never seen out there was playing. But anyway, Trey Lance, third pick of the draft, Cal Shanahan. Thought he made a better decision not drafting Mac Jones. He drafted Trey Lance. Trey Lance, an athlete, a raw-type talent coming out of North Dakota State. He is a person that looks physical, Kaepernick-like, that's going to sit there and have a you know strong arm reads and be able to use his legs. He has not shown that in the times he's played quarterback. Uh, early on, you're thinking like, oh, man, you got to kind of get to where he's liking to play. Maybe he calls plays. And we start seeing plays that he did in college that he was, you know, they got dialed up in, uh, uh, even as of yesterday, and he just did not look good. So he's raw. I mean, you know, I, you can't really hold – you can't really 
you can't really just bash on him. You can get mad at Kyle Shannon and be like, man, you could have drafted this kid in the fourth round, man. You know, you could have really been the head coach and been like, man, I don't know about this kid. He could have just dropped. Could have just dropped. Maybe a team could end up taking him, maybe in the second or third. But to take your third pick of the draft, I just think he just followed the hype. And sometimes being a head coach, you can't just follow the hype that what fans or what people sit there and say, and then you go and watch them. And you can, with no pads in one, and, you, and they're not heating the of a rush coming at you. Pro days look pretty goddamn simple. So what are you you looking at? You're like, yeah, this is the one. You know, Mac just looks flabby. I don't know. These kids look like an athlete. What if he's just as accurate as, as Mac and he can run? So I guess they look at things like that and you they try to hit. And then you, then you go to your brain and say, hey, I'm one of the best offensive coaches in the league. I can coach this kid up and he can be great. That's the case. They only look good whenever Jimmy G was out there. And that's not saying a lot. Because as you can see, the week before that, Jimmy G looked horrible. Um, so... A defense that going to waste for a good year. Um, that defense actually does play very good. Fred Warner leads that team as a captain on that team, and they they don't play around. And you know they have a chance to make the playoffs at that. So I mean, like we'll see, we'll see, we'll definitely see. Seahawks not a chance of making the playoffs in the AFC, NFC West. They go against the Detroit Lions. They got to leave with a bang. They score fifty one points, beating them fifty one to twenty nine. Russell Wilson has some plays. You know, DK Metcalf touchdown. Rashad Penny had a big game. You know, it was all good. Detroit got to score some points. Like I said, it was a quarterback out there. I ain't never heard that was out there. What was his name? Tim Boyle. Uh, I don't know this kid, Tim Boyle, but Russell Wilson was 20 for 29, 236, four touchdowns, 133 quarterback rating. Amon St. Brown had eight catches, 111 yards, and a touchdown. You know, he had a, he had a good little moment. D.K. Metcalf had three touchdowns, you know, under 100 yards. So, it just goes to show I'm a red zone target, red zone target. He's a problem. Will Russell Wilson get traded? Will he stay? Pete Carroll, will he stay? You know what I'm saying? Will he get fired? You know what I'm saying? Some things might have to get shaken up in Seattle. And there's only two places you can look, quarterback, coach. General manager, make it be mine. You know what you're going to do? Quarterback, coach, both, you know, maybe the whole thing might be done, you know. Who knows what they may be thinking. But the biggest game that I can think other than talking about the Sunday night game, of course, everybody knows Aaron Rodgers owns Sunday nights, Monday nights, and all that shit like that. But the Kansas City Chiefs were going to Cincinnati, playing against a guy who threw for 500 yards, four touchdowns last week. No interceptions. Joe Burrow. Joe Cool, as I like to call him. With the freaking best tandem in the NFL with Joe Cool and they call by Jamar Chase. Them two on third and down. On any down. Scares the shit out of me. They're, they're, they're a walking touchdown because you have to honor Joe Mixon. You have to honor Higgins and things like that. So if you leave certain things open, they can just kill you with those things and just drive up the field. But then the moment that you have to worry about those things, and then just like on that third down, when they let Jamar Chase just run up the sideline, easy touchdown. Or the third down when he caught the ball in the end zone, the corner of the end zone, touchdown. Or the slant when he caught it in the whole side of the field, which looked like they were trying to shadow Chase. He just was able to beat them to the middle and then off to the races. But he's a freaking nature. 
299 yards, 10 catches, three touchdowns. I, 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 the kid's a monster, man. Jamar Chase should be rookie of the year. I keep hearing Mac Jones, stop it. Yes, Jamar Chase had a two-week span of maybe not so great games, but the ping, the Bengals didn't have great games. You know what I'm saying? They had a scratch and claw out of one game. They lost a crucial game where the offensive line just didn't give Joe Bro nothing. So I just look at it like Jamar Chase is your flat-out rookie of the year. Joe Burrow, after his rookie year injury, is looking like a rookie of the year all over again. Um, you know what I'm saying? Playing rookie, uh, uh, like I said, really uh, having a full season. He's looking great. Um, had some games with the intercepts and stuff like that. I'm not saying he was perfect, but during the playoffs, they clinched. The Bengals, they clinched. Joe Burrow. Now, Andy Dalton. Not AJ McCarron. Joe Burrow. I like that kid. And, 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 and you know, Von Bell, good play on Tyreek Hill because that could have been a big-time play right there. If they would have caught that and something could have happened, it could have been 35-17, your, 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 your demeanor could have changed, the mo- mo- momentum, your motivation, all that could have could have been different. The second half, the Chiefs didn't score, okay? They didn't score. They didn't score. But three points. Patrick Mahomes, 26-35. No interceptions, but just not better than Joe Burrow. Just not better than Joe Burrow. Cincinnati's defense got something to say about that. And, you know, hey, Minnesota Vikings, Green Bay Packers, the only thing I saw from that game that I that, that had me sitting there cracking up was like what, in the third quarter, fourth quarter, uh, which, you know, hope the wide receiver is okay. He took a hard hit. But it bounced into the lineman's hands, and the man got like 15 yards. If he could have broke a tackle out of that scrum, he could have scored. I mean, like, it was crazy. But Zimmer, he looked like he wanted to get to his girlfriend, uh, which looked good as hell. Um, but the Green Bay Packers just rose. You know, they didn't play great, but they played a team that didn't have Kirk Cousins. They had Mike Sean Mannion out there. They didn't have the pieces that they needed to, to really the, to, to, to be competitive against a, a division rival. But this season's their season's done. Um, whatever's going to happen with Mike Zimmer is going to happen, and you know Green Bay's going to have to buy a week, and you have to go do Lambo. Period. And now we get to talk about NFL awards. Does Aaron Rodgers lock up the MVP after you know? I would say some low, not so great games from Tom Brady. I mean, the loss to the Saints sucked. And you could do good against the Panthers, and you know we beat the Jets. Stats wasn't great. Aaron Rodgers literally, literally has been on a tear, and I think in the last month he's only thrown but zero interceptions and a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. So I mean, you can hold the COVID thing on him. He had to miss some time. You know, Tom Brady didn't miss a game. But um, if it was me, I would sit there and say that Aaron Rodgers has wowed me enough to where it looked like he has got it wrapped up to win MVP. Uh, I would just be a biased homer if I said Tom Brady would be winning it right now at this point. Just saying. If he won it, I wouldn't be shocked because the man was sitting there with just out of looking at somebody at the Patriots. I mean, like we was missing Mike Evans one week. We are missing Gronk one week. We are missing this. We still scoring points when we win the games. But when we hit, ran into the Saints those two times, it hurts. You know what I'm saying? That we, that we had those types of games. So then it led to a game against the Rams. And then, you know what I'm saying, the games against, you know what I'm saying, that we didn't win so perfect against the Washington football team. So he threw two for touchdowns in that game. 
You know? So, I mean, like, he's rushed for some big plays, had big plays. So, it really is a neck-and-neck type situation at the MVP race with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. I just think Aaron Rodgers at the end of the season might have narrowed it on out. Just my opinion. But either way, you know, it's a good it's a good MVP race. Now, defensive player of the year, man, I'm so torn on that. I am so torn on that because Michael Parsons, to me, has been a flat-out monster beast. And then you got Trayvon Diggs, who is the interception leader, who has been a a, a problem. He's been done, he made it look very good too. He's, he's you know he's he's you know he's been beat. He's gave up big yards. You know that's also a true factor. And then you can look at somebody like a Joey Bosa. Um, you can look at somebody like a. Uh, I always I always like to throw Devin White's name in there, but. Um, it, it, that's just like a, a homer name to throw in there. But to me, honestly, Micah Parsons may should get that defensive player of the year with the defensive rookie of the year. Offensive rookie of the year goes to Jamar Chase. And I think coach of the year should honestly go to uh, – I mean, after those series of calls and they try to win the game, I don't know what Cincinnati was doing. I mean, you, you – you, I know what you was thinking. Like, we kick a field goal. We're not going to be able to have enough time to – I mean, there's going to be too much time for for Patrick Mahomes. But then you get some penalties in your favor, and you get to start over and down, so you're able to just run the clock out and kick the field goal and win it. I know what y'all was trying to do, but just the dumbest plays I've ever seen in my life. So that's what I was saying. Does Zach Taylor get coach of the year for what he was able to do, or does Mike Vrabel get coach of the year for what he was able to do or does Mike or does Bill Belichick sneak in there and get it? Hey, Bill Belichick. What about a Cliff Kingsbury? What about a uh, 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 dare say uh, Sean McVay? You know, uh, what about a what about a uh, Green Bay Packer? Uh, well, that more so what Aaron Rodgers is able to do. You know, I think Coach of the Year should go to Mike Vrabel. That's my opinion. That's what I want to go with. I think Mike Vrabel. For what he was able to do, get first place to that division, and and be kind of like the top of the AFC, that that says a lot. And I think that right there gives him that nod that nod for a uh, for for coach of the year. Um, offense, uh, 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 offensive player of the year. I would I would want to give that to uh, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup deserves offensive player of the year. I think Cooper Cup. Was by far other than what Jamar Chase did on the work on the rookie end, but what Cooper Cup did at wide receiver this year, man, is just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, you can you can go to other names like I think you can who's out there really was doing some things offensively. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, um, who you know people was putting in in, in MVP race. Um, there's guys like. Uh, uh, you know, singular games. I'm gonna throw out some players' names, stuff like that. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna start hitting on some people that have some real good season. But like Travis Kelsey, I've seen do some good things. I've seen, uh, uh, you know, Tom Brady. You can you can put in that in that in that regard. You can put uh, who else? Uh, who else? I, I, oh, uh, uh, Kittle, Andrews, um, George, uh, Justin Jefferson. Who who is just tearing the record books up, but like I said, I think it's going to narrow down between Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup. 
Those two right there, man. If if I had a pick between those two, from what I said, Cooper Cup is just too darn important. And how important John Taylor is, very important. The youth side, being on the youth side is very important to him and that offensive line, Quentin Nelson and and those boys. But Cooper Cup, man, he makes shit work, man. I had to sit there and just watch him, just how he runs routes, how he gets separation, the catches he goes after. He makes and stuff. I don't think wide receivers are going to go after those type of catches. And he, he, he shows that. So, I think he gets my offensive player of the year. Um, definitely. Um, and I think that's, I think that would do it. Comeback player of the year, if that, if that is such an award in the field, I think that would have to go to uh, Joe Burrow. I think for somebody in rookie year, tears ACL to come back and take the Bengals and clinch, win a division. That's comeback player of the year shit right there because that's a comeback to say, you know, we don't know if he could have came back and been a bum. He could have been a bust. He could not have healed right. Things like that. Joe Burrow came back and right. And in the last two games, he's thrown for 971 yards, eight touchdowns, no picks. That's saying a lot. So there we have it on that one. Um, just to, to just to just to move it, move the goalpost to a, to a, to a rim and net. Somebody who really is locked in, you could call a comeback player, DeMar DeRozan. And the things that he's doing on the basketball court, you know, is just crazy. Three-point percentage-wise, but just being just clutch, being a raw, just monster out there. It's like channeling some Kobe and, you know, playing for the Bulls, channeling like Jordan or some shit. But the Bulls is just a tough team. Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball, you got to deal with defense, feistiness. They're running, they're running, and they're running. And they're running with that division. And that division has the Milwaukee Bucks in it. So, I mean, I just just wanted to throw that out there. It looks like they can win a series or two. You know? Who, who, uh, who, who, I mean, there might be some people disagree. I would hope people will use my uh, comment section on Anchor. They're going to leave a little voice message. Use the comment section on Facebook. Use the comment section. Find me anywhere. I'm on Twitter. I'm on IG. But anyway, back to what I'm saying. The Chicago Bulls can make some things interesting if the Brooklyn Nets continue to struggle. To where I'm looking like, the, are they really like, you know, that's why they're trying to get Kyrie back going. I mean, like, there's teams that's kind of just laboring by other than the Suns and I would say the uh, Bulls. Um, you can say the Bucks are, you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing. The, the, then you got the Warriors playing how they're playing. But there's really, that's it to me. There's no, I mean, like, there's no other team that I can say that's like, wow, like, it can really, really cause a, like, a, you know, the, what, the, I don't know, the Heat, uh, the damn strength of the Lakers, but you got the Jazz, you got your, you got your Nuggets, you got your teams that kind of can have that type of, you know, cons- consistent play, but when it comes to the playoffs, who are you going to give it to, you know what I'm saying, to make things, so that makes you think of trades. Is Dame going to get traded? Is he going to get traded to one of these teams that need like a cutthroat score at a, at a moment's notice? You know, what I'm saying late in the games in the playoffs, is he might be traded somewhere? Is Ben Simmons going to get moved somewhere to where he can start playing basketball and maybe might land on a contending team whenever it gets into this playoff time? You know, is John Wall going to be able to play basketball? Is he going to get moved? Will Russell Westbrook get traded? You know, we already seen Rondo get traded to the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers for um, uh, Denzel Valentine. Um, like I said, like what is going to happen? You know what? You know, saying what? What? What's? What's going to be? What's what? You know, uh, it's interesting 
there's interesting things going on in the NBA. But, you know, saying the standings right now is one of those things where I'm like, it's it's almost kind of looking like it's kind of, it's almost kind of like looking at the uh, the AFC on both sides of the uh, 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 really. It's like looking at the AFC. You don't know who's who, but you just know that certain teams are just not going to lose. You're just like, well, I, I know I know they're not going to lose. But let's take a look here at the playoff picture. Bulls have won seven straight. Milwaukee has won six straight. Philly has won three straight. They are my top three teams in the East. And you have one being the one seed. You have another one being the three seed. And you have another one being, which is crazy, the seven. Yeah, six, excuse me. I think Philly is going to end up climbing up better than Cleveland and Miami as they get things more important. Embiid is playing some good basketball. Um, Cleveland and Miami, especially with Cleveland, I don't think they I don't think that's going to last. I don't think that's going to last at all. Um, Boston, I don't know what's going on. Like I said, it's maybe the Jalen Brown and Tatum thing has to break up. And then you have Toronto just not really having enough. In New York, they hit a wall. You know, Julius Randle was a big-time outlier last year, and the reason why they were sword surging in the way they were, just like how DeMar DeRozan is with the Bulls. He's not doing it with New York, and now Derrick Rose is hurt. And, you know, you got now you got people saying Cam Reddish, who is below a New York uh, a game, it was better than R.J. Barrett. So, I mean, like, New York is just not the same, you know, like they were last season. And, you know, I don't think they're going to find it like that. And I think Charlotte and Washington are better, you know what I'm saying, than those two teams in New York and Atlanta. With Trey Young coming back from an injury, I think he's been back for like a week now. You know, they're going to have to get some things going. Um, Indiana, you know what I'm saying, not the same team they were last year where people like to talk about them. You know, they, they, they're just not the same. They've lost four straight, you know. Um, they're going to have to get it together. Definitely going to have to get it together. But I look at Chicago as just one of those teams where they're just playing some real good young basketball. They got a real good scoring star who used to be a young superstar uh, for a hot second. Not long. Not long at all. DeMar DeRose, who's just trying to say, hey, man, like I played for Pop. For some years, he gave me some pop confidence, and now I'm going to use that in Chicago. And it's flowing, and it's, it's looking good, you know. Um, but, you know, then you got the West over here, Golden State, Phoenix, Clippers, um, where that drops off. But Golden State and Phoenix are playing real good basketball. Clippers, like I said, no Kawhi. You're using just Paul George. You're going to go up and down like that. Lakers, no Anthony Davis. Using the hell out of LeBron and Melo. And Russell Westbrook is having those, having one of those beginning. Of, you know, hopefully now is the time where he kicks and goes crazy. But he didn't have a great, you know, for a few months with with the Lakers. He did not. And you know, we're right under, we're right over, right over top of uh, Sacramento, just a few games. And I'm not, I'm not liking that very well. I'm really not liking that at all um, as a Laker fan. But you know, like I said, the NBA season is something else, man. It's something else in that Pacific. That Pacific, man, it's, it's, it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't nothing to mess with. 
Um, it's a crazy, crazy, crazy division when all those teams are cooking like that. And you got a team that was in the finals. You got a team that got is almost getting Clay back with Steph going crazy. And then you got the Lakers and the Clippers. <sighs> but anyway, you got Utah, Memphis. Don't forget about them. Then uh, Bain, who's been playing real good. You know, Jaws missed some time. But Bain and uh, Jaron Jackson and all those guys have just been playing some real good basketball in Job Moran's wake. And they played somewhat better to where almost some criticism was brought out of this. But I think you need John Moran on the team. They've won four straight. Denver's won three straight. Um, uh, uh, you know, Lakers, they've, they, they've won two in a row. They got to get some things going. They're 19-19 a game under uh, the Clippers, two games under uh, uh, Denver. To get in that, you know, in that comfortable five spot, you know, and to try to see if Memphis is going to fall off or not, you, you would hope that the Lakers can finally hit something and get something going, get AD back, and they can start getting some games going. They can at least look at a 5 or 4 seed because I don't think a 3, 2, or 1 is possible the way Golden State, Phoenix, and Utah are going to be. You know, Utah could be that team maybe, you know, so who knows. But they could, you know, start playing that good old team basketball and start wiping teams out like sometimes they do. Never know. But uh, I'm going to close this off by saying um, – it's been a crazy 2021 year, and we brought in 2022, and here we are. We've already started off with AB, hitting it off with a bang. I mean, he's going to be something to talk about. We can talk about the fact that um, uh, Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper for CNN started 2022 off with a bang. Don Lemon, Lizzo, uh, yeah, uh, Spider-Man. You know, ended 2021 with a bang. Everybody seemed to love that one. Matrix made people go crazy. Now we got Boba Fett. Got a TV show out there on Disney Plus that I'm glued to. Now we're just waiting on, uh, 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 um, you know, more more Marvel stuff. We're waiting on seeing what, what's going to happen with these shows. I mean, these shows are giving us getting us enthralled. We got The Witcher. We got all this stuff that people are like, are you watching this? Are you watching this? I love it. Uh, going to the theaters, I mean, like, people still kind of, you know, it's a bittersweet thing. I'm hearing that people like watching the movies at home. I'm starting to like to watch the movies more at home. So I was able to enjoy The Matrix the more it's maybe so in the theater when you're thinking that you're going to see this and that. I had low expectations. I watched it at home. I enjoyed the movie. It's a big difference to wherever I was. I listened to Van Lathan who loved The Matrix, like I did, but loved it to a point to where I think he expected so much from this one. I didn't. I just didn't expect it. And that's why you have those movies where you go in with those low expectations. You 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 know, I didn't go into it like it was in game. I went into it like this is a movie that has not came out in so so long and John Wick Keanu Reeves is fifty seven. I would think that doing all the matrixy kung fu stuff would have just looked terrible and I thought the way that they did it was nice. Good way to the, to bring the story back. You brought Jada Pinkett back and all that good stuff. So I thought I liked it, and I still do. Good movie. I've watched some real good movies, and I was able to, uh, you know, saying kind of get kind of refreshed back into the Harry Potter to see the, uh, the 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 big anniversary thing. I haven't checked out yet, but I'm gonna check it out. Peaky Blinders gonna be coming back this year. Uh, this year also, Lord of the Rings gonna have his own TV series. ATL is coming back uh, in April. Uh, with Donald Glover, Paperboy, all that good stuff. I just can't wait for the shows and movies coming out this year, man. It's going to be on and popping. I hope y'all go check out uh, 
uh, freaking uh, all the new trailers that are popping out that are people it'd be killing me with these trailers oh it got leaked no they came out with it come on talking about them damn leaked stuff I don't want to hear all that stuff I don't want to hear all that stuff but yeah I'm going to be back tomorrow and the day after that until y'all get tired of me but anyway um, tonight we got Browns we got Steelers the last game for Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh ah so what you're a two time Super Bowl champion don't really like you that much, but hey, you've had a good career. I'm soft talking. I'm done.